1: Hello and
0: welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at underscore Canuck. Also follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Oh boy. Oh boy. Leafs Nation. (laughs) All right, so we're going to be joined here by Brandon Cameron in just a moment to talk about this game. We're also going to talk about uh, a trade that the Leafs made today as well. We'll do that a little bit later, but Toronto, up 5-2, heading into the third. Led 5-1 in the second and lost to the Ottawa Senators. Brandon Cameron. Welcome aboard the Locked On Lease podcast. Thanks for joining, first and foremost.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's a it's a
0: great night. <laughs> oh, my God. How are you feeling, buddy? How are you feeling? Not good.
1: I'll tell you right now, I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling probably as bad as I felt since, I don't know, the David Ayers game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that was going to be my question. I was like, when was the last time that you felt so gutted after Lease loss? And I think it was probably the, the David,
1: David Ayers the David Ayers game for me. Like, that, like that's kind of the one.
0: Well, even the playoffs. I mean, yeah, I think a lot they lost in the playoffs, but they lost to a good team. And you know, Columbus played well; they outplayed them, so they kind of deserve to lose. Where this is a game that you, you got to win. You're a five-one against the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators. The, the worst- Ottawa
1: Senators are literally the the NHL team equivalent of David Ayers and Ned.
0: <laughs> the worst team in the league, maybe second worst if you want to toss the Red Wings in there, but. Still, like – Honestly,
1: the Red Wings are better. I think the Red Wings are better.
0: I'm just saying you cannot lose to Ottawa, let alone give up a 5-1 lead. That was a disgrace.
1: That was disgusting. It's an absolute joke, dude. And also, fun fact, it's almost uh, the one-year anniversary of the David Harris game by one week.
0: (laughs) the The month of February is tough for Leaf fans. It's tough. This is also kind of when the, the 18-wheeler started, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I believe
1: so. I don't think February is a curse month, man. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. It's just a terrible month for Leaf fans. But, uh, all right, let's talk about this game, though. Um, you know, obviously, the, the Leafs looked pretty good early on, I would say. I, I like the first period. I thought that the Matthews, Marner, and Thornton line came out buzzing. I, th- I think, you know, they ended up scoring pretty early on as well and they they looked like uh, kind of the way that they looked when Thornton got got injured. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little uh, perplexed by the fact that Sheldon Keefe decided to put Thornton back up with those boys to start. I thought that Hyman had been doing a great job with that line, and and I was a little curious as to the fact that he decided just to put Thornton back when he returned. But – you know, he didn't look at a place tonight. I thought that he looked well. Got a goal in a in a setup uh, Matthews on, on his first as well, which is a really nice goal. But honestly, outside of that, this game did not have a lot of positives.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't really like anybody's game to be honest. Besides the Matthews line, <laughs> I, there was not like I I, I they were pretty bad. To be honest, I thought the Matthews line could have had like three goals in the first five minutes. They ended up scoring one, but I thought they could have probably had like three. Like the first shift of the game, they had like two scoring chances that like pretty much almost went in. And then there was nothing from anyone else.
0: Well, this is now back to back games that the Leafs have given up a third period lead and lost the game. Is this cause for concern?
1: I don't think so. I think it's kind of just a one-off. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I one off. I would like to I would like I would like to hope it's a I would like to hope. A random loss to the Ottawa Senators counts as a one off and I and I can give the Leafs a one off of and honestly I don't like there was kind of just one period really. Like I, I they weren't
0: But this is back to back to back games where they've they've put took the foot off of the pedal in the third period and lost. This this is what we're talking about this third period. Like it's been it's an issue at this point. Like if this keeps persisting going forward, like last season, there was a a massive problem with the Leafs giving up third period leads. Like this happened a lot last year, and it seems like it's starting to come up again this season. This is now two games in a row. I'm not saying that this is the way it is, and and they're going to keep giving up third period goals. But I really do think that uh, it's just something that we got to now kind of keep an eye on and something that the Leafs got to change.
1: I mean, yeah, you don't want to blow – Third period, you don't want to blow five one lead of the Ottawa Senators ever, but it's also like I don't know. This one seems like a fluke. Like it just to me, it seems like a fluke because well, it kind of was. It didn't
0: help that Freddie was awful tonight.
1: Oh, he's brutal. Like I didn't like honestly, I didn't like any of the goals. I thought he should have saved the ball, except for maybe the zoo breakaway uh out of the penalty box, which I I mean I, that goal is going to go in one hundred percent. That's going to go in one hundred percent of the time. I don't like I don't have any issues with that one, but. Every other one, Freddie should have had,
0: Yeah, he, he he didn't play well tonight uh, at all. I think he saw 31 shots and allowed 25, uh, only stopped 25 of them. So when you were allowing six goals on a night, that's not that's – Against not the great. Ottawa Senators. Against the Ottawa Senators at that, <laughs> who didn't really, like it, – it's not like they even had a lot of, like, high-grade chances either. Like, a lot of their shots are pretty low event.
1: No, I, I honestly don't remember a single save that I – was like, oh, nice save, Fred. Yeah. He was, didn't make a single nice save. He did no. not make a single nice save. <laughs> no.
0: I wonder if he's just running out of gas, though. Like, he's played every single game since uh, Jack Campbell went down to injury. And yeah. we know that Anderson does get fatigued quite a bit um, when he gets this long of a, of a stretch, this long of a run. And I wonder if he's just kind of hit his wall tonight.
1: I think uh, I think there's a chance that the Leafs might start Hutchison in the first game of the back-to-back on Wednesday instead of the second one after this game. I think there's a chance.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Give him the night to give him a couple of nights yeah. off. Give him a night to, to to kind of cool down, clear his head a little bit, and then get back at it on what'll be Thursday. I think uh, is the second night of that back-to-back. So I, I agree with you because Anderson, I, I, he's been great. Like he's been really yeah, good. Yeah, no, he's been good. So I don't want to sit here and criticize him. I just think that he's he ran out of gas and he hit a wall tonight. And I, I think you're right. Give him a couple more days to regroup, and, and hopefully he'll be able to put together a much better effort on Thursday. But what that means is that we might have to see Michael Hutchinson on, on Wednesday. And uh, last time we saw Hutchie in a in a Leafs uniform, it didn't go over very well. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Um. So – we did like the, the the Matthews, Marner, and Thornton line. Outside of that, not very good. Morgan Riley has been uh, a talking point as of late because it doesn't seem like Riley is – he's not playing very well right now. He's making some, some errors that aren't Riley-esque, and, and I wonder if you are sharing the same viewpoints as I am there. Or, or like, what, what are your thoughts on Riley recently? Uh,
1: honestly, dude, I, I, I don't really have as many issues with Riley as a lot of people have on Twitter, or I guess what you have. I, I, I kind of like what I've seen from Riley. I think he's always going to be that mobile defenseman that kind of takes risky, makes risky plays. And I, I think he finally has a partner that can actually do stuff to help him out if he does make a mistake, which – Honestly, TJ Brody has done, and I think TJ right. Brody's, like, really good at – like, honestly, TJ Brody's really good at breaking up two-on-ones. Like, he's the yeah. best defenseman I've seen the Leafs ever have to break up a two-on-one. Yeah, you <laughs> know,
0: he's, he, he's bailed out Riley a lot. Yeah. It's the fact that he's putting him in those positions, like, you're saying it, – it, you're basically, he's lucky that he has TJ Brody. Because if he didn't, then you would be sitting here being like, Riley's always out of position. Riley's leaving his man to dry. And they're giving up so many odd man rushes. And Freddie's giving up all these goals and it's because of Riley. Like tonight, for example. The,
1: I think that's the type of defenseman he is, though. Like, I just think that's what he's going to do. He's the Eric Carlson, the Thomas Shabbat type defenseman that does make that risky play, that does take that extra few seconds in the offensive zone that does stuff like that. And that, I think that is conducive to success for this kind of team for the Maple Leafs, like the way they're built offensively, I think that is conducive to success. I just, I, I, I do not think that it is necessarily great all the time, but it's kind of what you live with, right? When you have that kind of defenseman, like that's just kind of part of the the problem. That's kind uh, of just what you, you have to deal with.
0: I just watched him make an absolutely terrible play on that OT winner. It's like he didn't even account for Dadanoff out on the ice. And he, no, that
1: was frustrating. No. Was, that was <laughs> that, like, frustrating. I don't
0: know how he was playing that. It's like he didn't realize that Dadnov was there. But how did he not? How did he not have that type of awareness? Like that. That's that's what, what I'm talking about here. Maybe it's just you know I'm a little sour because of what I just saw happen with Riley out on the ice. But I, That I wasn't f- great. No, that
1: like that. I, I'll I'll give you that. That wasn't that wasn't Riley's best moment as a Maple Leaf. I will say that was yeah. not his best uh, his best effort in overtime.
0: No. But now the Leafs down two one in the series to the Ottawa Senators so far this season.
1: First team to ever lose first team to lose two games of the Sens this year. Oh
0: man, that's brutal. What what is it about Ottawa that gives Toronto such a problem though? Like why does why can't Toronto put this team away? Like they're guard- I have,
1: Honestly, I just think the Leafs think they're better than Ottawa. Which Rightfully so, they are are better than Ottawa, but like, they play them like they think they're better than them.
0: (laughs) But I still don't understand why this team just can't get it done against against the Sens. It it doesn't mean they should be able to pull. Like when this game was five one, it seemed like okay, they're running away with this one. Once again, the Maple Leafs are going to just flex on the Sens, and this is going to end like eight to two. Like, a lot of the Senators' games have ended this year. But for whatever reason, the, Sen- the the Leafs just kind of took the foot off the gas and allowed Ottawa just to kind of chip away, chip away, chip away, and then ultimately drop this one in overtime and just gave away a point. Gave away a point to the
1: Senators. <laughs> you know what it actually might be? <laughs> At least it might just be too nice.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: nice, but they might just be too nice, dude. They're the soft. They they've been the softest team in the league the last couple of years, right? Like I don't. Maybe they're just too nice.
0: <laughs> well, there, listen. There, there's been a little bit of chatter over the last couple of days about how you know the loss of Wayne Simmons not being out there. You could tell that there's a little bit less of uh, of an aggressive nature to the rest of the team, and they're not really out there throwing their weight around like you know this team was doing or like you saw Wayne Simmons do and And even
1: that even that Muzzin fight tonight against Kachuk like that wasn't a good fight that was no Muzzin looked like a little baby honestly yeah
0: like (laughs) that might be one of the issues when it comes to Ottawa and that could be you know the issue with with Montreal eventually uh if if you don't put these teams away when you have the opportunity to you know they're a heavy team they're a strong team they've got a lot of heart and they're and they're going to fight back and if you're not ready to to combat that it's going to go south and that seems like the past couple of games that's just kind of what's happened to Toronto they've just folded in the third period they just don't have the strength and the will to keep her going I don't know what it is but it's not something that, uh, that that I wish to continue for the Maple Leafs
1: no me neither and I honestly I thought Thornton coming back into the lineup would actually do something a little more for them because I they seem to like really like Joe Thornton, like most of them. They, I mean, in particular, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. But it like, did. It did. This and did. it did. And that's the
0: worst part. <laughs> they were a 5-1. You know, Matthews had a goal, a couple of really good opportunities. Uh Joe Thornton scored. Like, it, it looked like it was – everything was coming up Leafs for the first half of the game. And then whatever – they ended up scoring, made it 5-2. And then they went to, into the intermission. And then the Sens just kept coming. And the Leafs just – Broke down. Freddie Anderson couldn't make a save. Um, It just wasn't going well at all for this team. It was just brutal. A brutal third period once again, and it's cost
1: them. My biggest issue with the way this game played out was the play of, honestly, John Tavares. I I thought he was pathetic, quite honestly. It was the worst game I've ever seen John Tavares play. Your captain can't play like that. That turnover to Nick Paul – or no, that wasn't to Nick Paul. Nick Paul ended up scoring. It was to Watson, right? turns over to Watson. Yeah, I think so. the, uh, shorthanded and then No, that was it, Nick Paul. Oh, it was to Nick Paul and then he yeah. passed it to and then he passed it to Watson? Yeah, okay.
0: No but opposite.
1: Honestly, that's a like embarrassing play. Like John Tavares shouldn't be able to sleep tonight. Like that was just <laughs> pathetic, like quite honestly. Your captain can't make that play. It's a joke.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh it's it's one that I'm sure he wants back, that's for sure. Because that kind of changed changed the game. It did. Like at that point it was five one and then they scored shorthanded made it 5-2 and here comes the comeback from there on out the leafs did not put the puck in the back of the net after that moment i'm not saying that's the reason but it certainly kind of tilted the momentum a little bit from the leafs certainly to the didn't netter, help and they kept <laughs> they kept it going it's yeah not uh, not a good night one that the leafs certainly will have to leave in the rearview mirror uh, as they head back into another showdown with the Senators on Wednesday, that'll be night one of a back-to-back. And like we said, we're kind of both now expecting for Michael Hutchinson to start that game just because I think Freddie does need a rest. Um He's come in, he, he's played a lot of games, um you know, since the injury to, to, to Jack Campbell. So uh, I think we'll finally, unfortunately, uh, get <laughs> Have to see Michael Hutchinson in between the pipes, but we'll see. Uh, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, let's chat about, uh, let's do our three stars of the game, and then a little bit later, let's talk about the today's trade as well. And before we do that, though, let's talk about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Bilt Bar. All right, welcome back to the Locked On These podcast. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of the show. Alongside me, we got Brandon Cameron, a friend of the show, on here quite regularly. And uh, I knew he was going to be fired up about this game because, let's be honest, you get more fired up and, and about a Leafs loss because you just run hot than you do about a win.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I I am glad you brought that up because I I would like to say I would like to bring up my react my immediate reaction to that data knob goal going in overtime. I uh, I picked up my phone, I threw it out of my bed, and then I yelled and I cursed really really loudly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's literally probably like 70% of the people listening to this podcast right now had a very similar reaction. And if you mm-hmm. did tweet us and let you know, let us know what you did or the first word that left your mouth after dad Nob scored that goal. Cause mine uh, was a four letter word starts with an F and I think
1: that was many people's, <laughs> many people's choice of phrasing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think you're alone in that one. Um, before we get to our three stars of the night, you said you had a, a funny little stat about today's game.
1: Oh, uh, uh, that was, I, I actually brought it up already. Oh. It, was, it was just that it was basically the one year anniversary of the David Isle, Oh,
0: okay that's, okay.
1: that's all, that's what it was.
0: <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, well then let's get to the three stars of the night. Um. <sighs> This was, uh, (laughs) it was tough. It was Honestly, it was
1: a a confusing three stars. (laughs) Well, typically,
0: typically are three stars of the night. is usually like, who are three Leafs stars of the night? I mean, they usually come out on top winning, winning. So typically we end up picking three Maple Leafs, but I I couldn't pick three Leafs tonight. I could not do it. Not only because they lost, but because I just couldn't. There was only two guys who I felt were even worthy of uh, being in this list. I couldn't find a third. So let's start with uh, with our third stars of the game for myself, any it to Jumbo Joe Thornton. I thought that he had uh, more energy than I thought he would after being out for 10 games, had a goal, had an assist, looked pretty good out there. Uh, so Thornton was my third star of the game. Who was yours?
1: Yeah, I I, no, I probably would have said Thornton because I, I would actually count like a th- I have like a three A and a three B. My three B is Mitch Marner because I thought Mitch was actually kind of fine like throughout the entire game. I thought he made some pretty good plays in the offensive zone and basically all of the plays that Jumbo set up to the play that Jumbo set up to Matthews that was pretty much all Marner slicing it down to Joe and I think Joe made an uh, Mitch made some pretty good plays on the power play. I thought he moved the puck well, so I'm gonna give it to Mitch Marner. I thought he was pretty good tonight, like surprisingly. Uh, so I'll give it to Mitch. All right, and the second star of the game, who did you have? I'll give it to my to my boy Evgeny Dadinov.
0: <laughs> Your boy. Oh, yeah. My
1: boy Evgeny dadanov has uh, scored an unreal game tying goal. Like that was actually sick, <laughs> and uh, scored the OT winner. Hard to hard to vote against that. Like two pretty these two awesome goals for for a guy who I I, I think is a pretty good scorer. Like he's a He's a solid 25 goal scorer. I think he can probably won't be a 30 goal scorer one day. He's already pretty old, but it's basically a 25 goal scorer, which is a good score in the NHL. And I think that's—I think he's a, a nice player. Like I like him a lot.
0: He was an underratedly really good pickup for the yeah. Senators. I think uh, there's there's a lot of talk, obviously, about how tight the wallets are in Ottawa, but they opened up the checkbook a little bit for Dadnoff, giving him uh, three times five. To bring in a, a guy who could score 25 goals and, and do what he did tonight. You know, great hand-eye coordination, uh, can score off the rush on the breakaway, and that's what we did tonight. Um, But as my number two star, I gave it to Austin Matthews. Um, Certainly was the best Maple Leaf out there on the ice. A couple of goals and assists, five shots on goal, 57% in the face-off dot, and played almost 22 and a half minutes, 22 minutes, 24 seconds. So he's a guy who's always out there. Uh, plays so much for this team. And, you know, he's really the, the only player who I would say has been consistent game by game all season long. Um, extended his point streak to 10 games in a row tonight. Thir- 13,
1: 13.
0: His point? Uh, sorry, wait, what? 13? Thir- it's 13.
1: Why did I think it was 10? I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, no, okay. that was. was I think Marner might have been 10. But 13 straight for... No, uh, Myers
1: ended a couple of games ago, actually. Marner's ended against... Uh, Uh, I forget what team Matthews like assisted on an empty netter goal by Heidemann and Marner didn't get an assist on that goal. And that ended Marner's scoring streak and it didn't end Matthews.
0: Maybe I was talking about about the goal streak and I don't know. Anyways, he's got a whole bunch of goals or a whole bunch of points and a whole bunch of games. Um, He's been phenomenal. So I had him as my, uh, as my second star of the night. Who'd you have as your
1: uh, first star? Well, my first star was was your second star, Austin Matthews. I, I don't know. I just think he's the best player on the ice every time he plays. Even like against McDavid, even against Dreisaitl, I thought he was the best game player on the ice. I just think he's the best player on the ice. I think he's a Hart Trophy candidate, and I think he's probably leading the charge for me. Like, I, I don't see another player in the league right now that is more deserving of a Hart nomination than Austin Matthews right now.
0: We will talk about that in just a moment, by the way, because that is a very interesting take. That's somewhat of a bombshell hot take, and I will discuss that. But first, I do want to let you know that you are wrong. It is 10 consecutive games that he has extended his streak to. Uh, so
1: It's 13. He's on no. a 13-game point-scoring streak. No, I saw on board. There was literally a board on TSN.
0: <laughs> I just, I got a, a I, I'm looking at it right now. It said tonight's game is Matthew's third multi-goal game, his fifth multi-point in 2021. He has points in 10 consecutive games. So. Not true, dude. It's true. I think you're wrong. This is from Maple Leafs.com.
1: I don't think that's true, man. I think They're he's correct. I gotten more. I think no, it's more. Maybe right. I just saw. Maybe I just saw the number of goals he scored because he does he have thirteen goals now. He has
0: thirteen goals, so I think that's what you saw.
1: Maybe that's what I saw. All
0: right, before you go in there and start correcting me, thinking that I'm wrong, making I'm me sorry, happy,
1: world. I'm sorry, world. Double
0: check my math. Know what the heck you're talking about here? All right, my number one star of the game, though, uh, I gave it to to uh, your guy Evgeny Dadanov. Um, I mean, he scored two goals. The first one, beauty goal, um, you know, batting it out of the air and sending this one to overtime and then you score the game winner, right? I, I what more can you ask for out of a, out of out of a guy like that? And, and I mean, Ottawa has got to be ecstatic tonight. I, I know a couple of people within the organization and he said that was the, the best win that they've had since he started working there a couple of years ago. So, I mean that that organization has had some tough times the last little bit, some tough times even as early as like last week, <laughs> and uh, you know this this one's gotta feel good for them and Dadnave, uh, the man to make it happen, tying it, sending it to overtime, and then finishing off Toronto on his own. Uh, so that was uh, those are our three stars of the night, but I, I want to get back to that conversation about you thinking that Austin Matthews is the early favorite to win the heart. Make your case here, Brandon.
1: Uh, He's by like, he's pulling away in the goal scoring race. He has 13 goals. Now he's three up on, uh, on the next leading goal scorer in the NHL. He's currently the best scorer in the NHL. He's on a winning team, even though they lost tonight, he's on a team that actually wins games. McDavid's barely Connor McDavid is the other guy that everyone talks about. Right. Surprisingly who's Connor McDavid, but his team doesn't win. Like it's hard to be a heart trophy candidate if your team isn't a winning team, but Austin Matthews is the most important player on the best team in the league right now. Like it's pretty hard to argue against Austin Matthews leading the heart trophy candidates. Like it's pretty hard to argue against it. Yeah. I
0: mean, I think he's definitely one of the, one of the front runners that you could talk about. I, I think it's too early to really have a true front runner at this point. Um, most teams haven't even played 15 games yet. So uh, I think it's a little bit early, but Austin Matthews, certainly if he keeps this up, will be in the running, which I, I didn't think was going to be the case earlier this you know, no, the I, the season. I, I, I didn't I, think he was going to be this good. Like he's exceeding my expectations. So I-, I already had high expectations. Like I thought the guy was going to win the rocket. That's how high my expectations were, but for some reason I didn't look at him as a heart trophy kind of guy, but now the way that I'm watching him you know night in night out shift after shift um play at such a high level playing uh an amazing two way game, I could totally see Austin Matthews winning a heart trophy
1: do you know what I feel like he's done that I was i was i haven't been I'm kind of surprised either because I didn't peg him at this level in his career yet i think he might be becoming a top three player in the league like You're i think all, he yeah. i think he's challenging mckinnon and mcdavid as the third best player in the league now like i i didn't think he was quite there yet i thought there was a couple guys that were still ahead of him but the start awesome matthew's pace to start this new season so far i think he is well on his way to earning his spot in at in the top three i think I, he's well on his way
0: I feel confident in calling him a top five player uh, when it comes to top three. Maybe I think I wouldn't Dreisaitl, take, I wouldn't I
1: take any right now. I wouldn't take any player over him. That isn't McDavid or McKinnon.
0: Dry is an interesting one, but I think outside of the, the those three uh, yeah, I, I would call Austin Matthews. Certainly a top five player at the very least could, could, become a top three player i think you're right when you say he's on his way to being that yeah he's what 23 24 like he's super young at that he's like just hitting his prime like just now scratching the surface to what he's going to become and it is great to see if you're at least
1: basically a goal of a game superstar center <laughs> yeah it's it,
0: a superstar center who plays a full complete 200 foot game like, it's it's exactly what you want out of a guy. It's, it's kind of what you want out of a captain, but <laughs> obviously... <laughs> I don't know if they're going to strip. Maybe that's a conversation for another day, but you remember when San Jose stripped. I'm not sea.
1: ready to have that conversation. You I mean, remember when <laughs>
0: San Jose stripped the C off of like Thornton and Marlowe and also took it off. Of, that's else? why the leaf signed Popowski. Joe Thornton so they
1: could strip John Tavares of the captaincy and he has someone to, to lean on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe we'll have a conversation on another day, but you know, Matthews is, is, it's looking like captain material. That's all I'm saying at this point. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take one more quick break, and when we come back. Let's chat about this Leafs trade that went down today. Kyle Dubis working the phones, bringing in some new blood, and we'll do that right after I tell you guys all about BetOnline.ag. All right, welcome back to the Locked On These podcast. Mike DeStefano still with you alongside me. We got Brandon Cameron. And Brandon, uh, I'm sure you saw this. Most of you guys listening, i probably already seen this, but if you haven't, the Maple Leafs did make a trade today. They acquired Alex Galchenyuk from the Carolina Hurricanes. And if you missed it, yes, he is now a Carolina Hurricane, uh, possibly one of the best to ever do it, uh, I would say. A solid 48-hour hurricane is <laughs> what he was. Um, he was traded, what, over the weekend uh, for Paquette? and no wasn't
1: he traded yesterday was it not yesterday it
0: was yesterday yeah so it (laughs) it wasn't i think
1: it was just yesterday
0: (laughs) yeah now and pat traded to carolina for uh, back-to-back
1: days of getting traded so must be some sort of record
0: right uh it's not actually it's not there's been players who've been traded like twice within a day three times within oh yeah
1: yeah you're right Weird, I, I would though. count those more as three-way trades though i would count those more as three three no trades.
0: i remember lawrence nicolat was traded three times within a week and it was like play a game traded played another game trade at the deadline and then like yeah it was it was strange i don't know why but it, it, he got dealt like three times within a week or a week and a half and it wasn't three-way deals they were like three separate trades Did
1: like, um, in the nba get traded three times on the deadline like last year or two years ago oh that's that's probable
0: yeah <laughs> that, that happens sometimes in the nba when you move guys and yeah that, that could be the case um but no let's 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 get to this one so galchenyuk coming to the maple Leafs in exchange for jaeger korshkov and david warsofsky Warsawski's not really much of anything. He was like a 30-year-old defenseman who was just going to be a depth guy in the AHL. Uh, he came over to trade in the off-season. I don't even remember where he came from, uh, to be honest with you. I know he was with Columbus for a long time, but I don't think the Leafs made a deal with Columbus. Okay. So I.
1: AHL players just show up on random teams, at random points.
0: Yeah, so he kind of came over. Maybe in the in the Andreas Janssen deal, maybe he came along with Joey Anderson. I don't know. Anyways, he was involved in the deal, so he's not even a Leaf anymore. So it doesn't really matter. But uh, Korshkov, a second round pick a few years back, somebody who got into a couple overall, of games, got into a couple of games last year. Uh, were you surprised to see the Leafs give up on him? considering that he's a little bit of a different prospect than the rest. He's kind of a, a bigger guy and the Leafs have always talked about how they want to get bigger and stronger. And Korshkov was kind of a, um, a prospect that had those type of of abilities in him.
1: Yeah. I, I think they probably just realized that he wasn't going to make it to their team at any point. So they probably just felt it was time to move on and try and get a player they can plug into the lineup now because he's, He's 24 now. He's the same age as Matthews. He was drafted. Uh, he's your second round, second round pick in the Matthews draft, right? 31 yep. overall, which is honestly a little bit like for a 31st overall pick. That's a little. He's quite disappointing. They could have had Alex DeBrincat or Carter Hart. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, those. <laughs> like, are decent. They could have
1: had out of those, and he's not either of those players. So I'm okay with them moving on from him, but.
0: Yeah. No. That's I, my I, those are my
1: feelings on Coach Cobb. I don't have strong feelings on
0: him. <laughs> Neither do I. And I was just more so curious if if that meant anything to you or maybe even just the fact that um that he was does have like that high, you know, draft capital attached to him and giving up on him uh, may if you thought they were giving up on him a little bit early but clearly you don't feel that way. I don't think I feel that way either. I I mean, whatever, but they're not getting a major piece back anyways.
1: No, so yeah, Exactly.
0: So you're getting Alex Galchenyuk back. Um, I, look, five years ago, that would have been awesome. That would have been amazing. He was what the third overall pick in the 2013 draft, I think, it was the Yakupov it was the, draft. So yeah, the
1: Morgan Riley draft. Do you want to hear something funny about Alex Galchenyuk? You want to pick
0: ahead of Morgan Riley? Two picks yeah, ahead of Morgan. Yeah. Riley.
1: Do you want to hear something funny? When during that draft year, I actually, I actually was kind of like. I had my fingers crossed that Galchenyuk would slip to five and the Leafs would draft him.
0: <laughs> a lot of people did. <laughs> I mean, the Leafs needed a number one center at the time, and that's what Galchenyuk was being touted as, right? So,
1: yeah,
0: I mean, that, a lot of people wanted Galchenyuk to be a Maple Leaf for for a lot of years, even when he was with Dream come true. And finally, it happened. You know, the dream—the dream's alive. It took seven years, but finally, you people get yourselves an, uh, a a a heavily used Alex Galchenyuk. Finally, got that
1: elusive number one. Seven. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So, um, I guess, would you know, overall, like, what are your thoughts on this deal? Is there is there any uh, anything to it? Do are you have any expectations for Galchenyuk, or do you think this is just kind of a, a depth move? What are your thoughts on this? Thing? Well, I
1: think he's obviously just a death move. Like, I don't think there's any chance in the world he slides into the top six of the Maple Leafs. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Like, I there's,
1: really- there's, like, even with injuries, I don't think there's a chance in the world. I think he probably only cracks the bottom six through yes. injuries at this point, honestly. Like, I think he's just a guy you sit until you need to play him a little bit or you maybe you want to do a rover system a little bit. And I Let think me- he kind of slides into the fourth line.
0: So, by depth, I didn't mean – top six bottom six i meant literally like is this a guy who will even plug into the lineup at all like is he ever
1: well currently
0: uh i mean a big reason why they traded for him right was for roster flexibility so, the fact that he was waived by Carolina yesterday, and the reason why this trade was made today is because now he is waiver exempt so he 's somebody who you can put on the taxi squad or the yeah put on the taxi squad and move up and down your lineup without having to put him through waivers and We know that there are you know a couple of injuries to this team. And I, I think that that is the type of depth that he's been looking to do. Somebody who can play in the NHL. It doesn't seem like they're sold on Joey Anderson. They gave him the what one, maybe two games and I guess they haven't really liked him because they haven't played him again since uh, Nick Patan. He's had a couple of games this year, but obviously if they're going out and still looking to improve the, the team's depth, obviously they're not high on him. So I think, for me, I look at this trade and I see Galchenyuk as somebody who a will either just be uh, depth for injuries, who will kind of be on the taxi squad, who can come up and down without having to go through waivers, or I would be curious to see if he can, um, if he can kind of fight Jimmy Vc for for a role. Yeah, that, that's what I.
1: Line. That's what I was thinking as well. Like, I think there is a chance that like he could maybe steal Jimmy VC's spot from him because Jimmy VC hasn't really done a lot to uh, show the world that he can that he's secured his spot necessarily. So I think that like he could steal Jimmy VC's spot. It's not impossible, but I I'm, I also wouldn't bank on it. I don't. I actually don't hate Jimmy VC that much. I I think he's just kind. I think he's kind of there, but I don't think he's necessarily bad. And I think Galchenyuk has the potential to be. Bad, where Jimmy Vc is just kind of there.
0: <laughs> well, Galchenyuk, like, I mean, this guy was in Ottawa a couple of days ago, quite literally, and it's funny actually. The, he didn't have to go through any quarantine or anything like that because uh, when he got sent to Carolina, he didn't leave. He stayed in Ottawa. So the fact that he's uh, whether or not he's actually in the city of Toronto, I don't know. Um, but he was in Ottawa, and I think he's either going to drive down or he did come down with Ottawa um, yesterday. Oh, it wouldn't have been yesterday because the trade day actually didn't even go down. But um, I think that he was coming down from Ottawa, and he'll probably arrive tonight or arrive tomorrow, I suppose. But the fact that he doesn't have to quarantine is actually a big bonus because we saw yeah. what happened with, with Pierre-Luc Dubois, who had to quarantine for two days coming from an American team, and technically toronto made this trade with the carolina hurricanes who if it wasn't for if it was like anybody but galchenyuk they wouldn't have access to him for 14 days so that kind of has a a benefit to it as well um but really quickly i just want to talk about what he's done the last couple of seasons because like we both said he's no longer the galchenyuk that he was back in his draft year um when everyone was super stoked about him back in 2012
1: and the thing is, like, I, I guess a lot of these other, like, he's been on what six teams in his career now. This is this will be a sixth team. Would that be seven if you count? Car- would Carolina be seven? I think he's played for six teams and then he's been a part of seven teams, which include Carolina, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't consider Carolina. Um... I would.
1: I <laughs> it counts. The man play, played yeah. for seven. The, the man was on seven teams. I'll give him that. He's on seven teams. Any guy who's on a who who's played for seven teams by the time he's 27, I think he's probably starting to realize his career is, is on the fridge. But I, I, I think a lot of what a player that the other teams haven't had on their fourth lines where Alex Alcini might kind of fit in is Jason Spezza, which might be a really good role model for him. I would say like, Jason yeah. might be a decent role model for a guy like that. I think that well, those here, other teams didn't have.
0: Here's the one thing that I don't want to say, it doesn't scare me, but it's the one thing that I'm confused by with this deal. What's the typical narrative around a guy who's played for seven teams in seven years?
1: Locker room cancer.
0: Why do you want to bring that into your locker room? If you're the Maple Leafs.
1: Maybe he doesn't have that reputation though. Maybe just teams don't like him. Well, no, he does.
0: (laughs) He does have that reputation. Does
1: he?
0: Yeah, he does. And that's why I'm a little little bit confused about that because I mean, luckily now with, with Thornton and with Simmons, it seems like this locker room, and, and Spezza, obviously, Tavares, this locker room this year has been uh, a lot better, and it seems like the maturity of this group has been growing um, a lot better than we saw the last couple of seasons. But why would you even chance messing that up by bringing in a guy like Yalchenyuk, just for a guy who's going to sit on the taxi squad at best?
1: My guess is that is that they feel that, the players they have brought in to help fix maybe that issue are strong enough to overcome even that, that, that would be, that would be the only reason I could, I could think they would think that it's worth a gamble, right? Like they just think their players are capable of weeding that out.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, I would assume if this turns out to be an issue and and he ends up being a distraction or uh, he turns out, to kind of be a bit of a locker room cancer within Toronto and they they notice some things going on they won't be uh they would they'll be pretty quick to to pull the trigger and say all right just just go home like we we don't need we don't need your your services any longer it's just not worth it
1: yeah Uh, I I, I, think there's a little bit of Tony D'Angelo in him where if any uh yeah, to do anything, you're out. Like, yeah, I didn't <laughs> like want to see. <laughs> like, really, that's just the case. If you do anything to mess with anything, you're gone. Like that's yeah. just the way it is.
0: But again, it's it's. I, I feel like at 27, you know, all the teams that he's played for, this truly is probably his last chance to to be a, a player in the NHL. And so it's 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 gonna be up to him if he wants to continue playing in the NHL. Then he's gonna have to kind of smarten up and uh, do what he needs to do to to stick in the NHL. If that means, you know, on the practice squad, uh, kind of, you know, being humbled a little bit by not being in the lineup on a night-to-night basis. And let's face it, he was a third overall pick. Like, I'm sure this is not the way that he intended his NHL career to be. And it seems like along the way, he's just upset about the way that things have gone. And that could be a reason why he's acted out in, in other locker rooms or with other organizations that have forced them to move on from him.
1: Maybe and, he and, wanted to slip to the Maple Leafs too. What, maybe what's maybe he wanted to slip to the Maple Leafs too. And now he's finally just, uh, now he's finally getting his way.
0: Oh yeah. he's screwed <laughs> all
1: this locker room stuff, all these teams. Maybe it was y'all just a path for him to become a Maple Leaf.
0: That's, a, long, that's
1: a long-term
0: play. That's a long-term <laughs> play. If that's the case, we'll see. give him some credit. Overall, um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not an awful trade. The Leafs didn't give up much. I don't think that he's going to be a big piece of this team. But I, I'm not so sure that I like the move because of the, the locker room aspect of bringing in a guy like Galchenyuk. That, that's my overall impression of this deal.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm I'm in a similar boat. I'm pretty I'm pretty lukewarm on it. Like I'm pretty indifferent. I like I don't really care. <laughs> like it, it doesn't it doesn't really mean a lot to me.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. If you like this content, make sure to uh, to subscribe to this on uh, all podcasts and platforms, leave a comment and a rating as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck, follow the show at locked on lease. Follow Brandon at B underscore Cameron two, two, two. Brandon, thanks so much for joining me. Despite, you know, the tough loss today.
1: I go cry myself asleep.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of leaf fans are going to be doing that tonight. All right, man. Really appreciate you joining me. Um, I'll have another podcast out tomorrow for you guys, but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leaves.